Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Serial Killers Cafe. I'm your host Stephanie, here with my co-host Ariel. Hello, hello. And we are super excited. We'll be talking about Arthur Gary Bishop today. Uh, Before we get started, today we're actually both drinking the same thing, which is very rare. Um, We're drinking David's Tea Sweet Tart flavor. It's super sweet. Like, they don't say sweet tart for nothing. Um, We did add a touch of honey. Um, I am a super huge tea drinker. Ariel is much more of a coffee drinker, but I'm trying to get her into the tea world because it's delicious. But I like very sweet teas. I'm not very into, like, a spicy tea. Mm. Almost every flavor um, I will recommend is super sweet. So... If you guys don't like sweet tea, I suggest you do not try <laughs> the teas that I am telling you about. So, let's jump right into Arthur Gary Bishop. He was a serial killer and child rapist in the 1970s and 80s, born September 29th of 1952 in Hinkley, Utah. He was one of six brothers, bless that mother. Right. Uh, him and his family belonged to the Mormon church, and Bishop actually served as a, mil- uh, as a missionary in the Philippines. He was also an Eagle Scout and on the honor roll at school. So he actually, from what I recall, had quite a good childhood. Yeah. For, like compared to most of the circles we talk about, right. abuse, alcoholism, all that stuff, um, he actually had a really good childhood. Yeah, like his parents weren't abusive. No, nope. I mean they were strict, but like normal parent yeah. strict, not crazy strict. Um, obviously, he was an Eagle Scout. He participated in activities. He was on yeah. the honor roll. He was doing really well for himself. He actually even went on to get to college and got a degree in accounting. Yeah. So he was super successful up until that moment of his life. You know what I mean? Everything kind of just worked out. Um, so soon after, though, in February of 1978, while working at a car dealership, he was charged and convicted of embezzlement. He was only given a five-year suspended sentence but he skipped parole and moved to Salt Lake City, living under the alias Roger Downs. Hmm. Since he was a wanted criminal, he was excommunicated by the Mormon Church, which, as I'm sure many people know, if you are religious, it's really hard to be excommunicated from your religion because even if you do something wrong, it's a lot of what he clung on to as a child mm. um, that helped shape him into getting through high school and college. So that was right. a big pivotal moment in his life. So during that time, during his time in Salt Lake City, he actually joined the Big Brothers under the name Roger Downs, and no one initially suspected him of child molestation. Although dozens of children would accuse him of abuse after he was arrested for murder. Oh my god! Watch! Oh my gosh! That's what terrible. was that other killer we did that did the same kind of thing? Like he was like a camp counselor and. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. Yeah, but, but these people. Oh. Yeah, completely insane. So, Bishop actually killed his first victim, a four-year-old named Alonzo Daniels, on October 14th of 1979. He lured the boy from the courtyard of his apartment complex to his own apartment with the promise of free candy. Poor little guy. After attempting to sexually assault the child, he drowned him in a bathtub and then buried the boy's body in the desert. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, like, drowning? That's a very personal difficult way to kill someone yeah a hundred percent it's like strangling them like it's not quick it is you are like up close and personal taking this person's life yeah and i mean when you're drowning it's like they're obviously fighting yeah of course and oh my gosh this poor little boy Mm -hmm. so in november of 1980 he actually killed for a second time uh at a skating rink he met an 11 year old boy named kim peterson whom he lured to his apartment with 
uh, a promise of buying a pair of roller skates that the boy was trying to sell. So this poor boy's like, needs to get rid of my roller skates. Right. Can someone buy them? And this dude's like, I will totally buy them. Obviously did not do such things. Witnesses actually described the man Peterson had talked at at the rink that day prior to his disappearance as being white, aged 25 to 35, around 200 pounds with dark hair. Uh, so Bishop actually bludgeoned him to death Ugh. and buried, and his body was actually buried very close to Alonzo Daniels, the four-year-old he had killed, outside of Cedar Fort. So again, in the desert. Bishop was again, I like how they say again, like it's so common. He was again routinely questioned, but was not considered a suspect. And how many times have we seen this? And you know he probably matched the description too. Yeah, I just don't understand. Yeah. So that's terrible. Um, And then on October 20th of 1981, uh, so almost a year later, he kills for the third time. He lures another four-year-old named Danny Davis from a supermarket to his home half a block away. Several shoppers recalled a smiling man standing near the child, but could only give vague descriptions as to his appearance. Ugh. Police launched one of the biggest searches in Salt Lake County history. Teams of searches scoured neighborhoods, fields, mountains. Divers were, like, in ponds and lakes. Shoppers at the supermarket where he vanished underwent hypnosis in an effort to dislodge greater details of the abductor. And flyers were printed offering a $20,000 reward. And the FBI were contacted but unable to find find any trace of the boy. The $20,000 reward is actually huge because this was a very big reward, especially in that time, um, for someone to offer. And most other serial killers we've talked about or you know during that time frame like no one had ever offered such a big reward right before this moment so that obviously gained a lot of attention and i'm sure brought out a lot of fake tips as well as real ones but it's mm-hmm. super hard to decipher you know you want to just follow up on all of them unfortunately like i said though the fbi literally found no traces of anything poor boy that was but, it this is heartbreaking um, yeah. So, almost two years later, on June 22nd, 1983, um, Bishop struck again. So, he does take a little bit of a break. I assume it's because, like, the search for the last young boy was just, like, they they brought everyone in. So, he probably yeah. was like, oh, shit. Like, I need to... Tone it down. Right. Chill a little But bit. I like how I waited till like, it ended. And that was like, <laughs> perfect timing. It's been a week. Hard. Yeah. Um, so, he abducted a boy named Troy Ward from a park. Um, and it was the day after little boy's sixth birthday. Oh my god. That's very sad. People, please stress to your children. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. Please. Like, you should never be leaving the. Anyway, do you have like a password for your kids? Yes. I'm not telling you guys, sorry. But just that, like, they know. Um, It is. I mean, it's easiest, obviously, for my oldest. We've talked a lot. She does walk home from school. We're only about two blocks from the school. But, I mean, anything can happen in a two-block radius. So it's not like I'm like, well, you're you're safe. Right. So, um, you know, we talk a lot about making sure she's aware of her surroundings. She does have a phone for the specific purpose that she walks home. And Um, you can see her location, right? Yeah, and I follow her location. And if I am free... Um, she usually wants him to call her, but I try and stress to her. I want her to be aware of her surroundings. Right. Like maybe, you know, a lot of these people, 
you've we've heard about you know it's like oh well that guy was there every day for a month and no yeah. one ever noticed it so i'm like you know you don't want to instill fear but you also want to let your kids know like unfortunately there are monsters in the world and like right. this is how you do it my other child uh doesn't really have like she's much younger um but it's just a matter of those things where you do have to stress there are bad people in the world they would not care if you know, they took you or hurt you or whatever. So, like, these are right. how we keep ourselves safe type right. situation. But it doesn't make it you feel any any better, honestly. No. It doesn't. Because anything like could still happen. Could, yeah. You could take all the precautions in the world and something happened. Something can still happen. So. Um, and so, like the other boys, Troy was seen leaving the park on foot with a man. I mean, so all of these crimes, they have witnesses. People are watching, which I just think is weird. Yeah. I don't know. Like, if you're seeing a little boy leave... A location with someone that he did not show up there with wouldn't that be like an alarm i don't know and i think it is one of those things too that uh it's very different in that time frame you know yeah kids did go a lot more places alone and it was a lot more of a trusting time which it's funny because you say like, it was a lot of a safer time but as we know that it's not true because there's like a shit ton of serial killers during this time we keep talking about so them many. but so many. it's just one of those things where it was a different time and obviously right. things keep changing and just kind of it's awful yeah um but so as with these prior victims um bishop sexually assaulted the boy he bludgeoned him and then drowned him in his bathtub so that seems to be his kind of go-to um one month later on july 14th bishop killed his final victim um so it's 13 year old graham cunningham who vanished from his neighborhood so i mean this kid's a little bit older before the kids were like four or five, six years old, 13, you would think that, that a 13 year old would know not to go. Um, so he actually vanished from the neighborhood prior to embarking upon a camping trip with a friend, an adult chaperone, who was actually Arthur Bishop. So of course it was right. So it was <laughs> this trip was already planned. Like his parents knew about it. The next day, like they were gonna be going on a, on a camping trip, um, which <laughs> if you're gonna like kidnap kids, why wouldn't he wait until he already had the kid on the camping trip? He waits until the day before. That's yeah, like stupid. you like you would have been by. Her. It was really a perfect opportunity if you're just waiting yeah, exactly. All day. You'd be a piece of shit. Like it was a perfect opportunity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, so this one like. You can clearly tell why this was his last victim. Because Bishop just, like, really fucked up on this one. Yeah. Um, he was, like, a known friend of the boy's family. Um, and so they knew that he was taking him on a trip to California. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I, I don't think they'll catch me. <laughs> okay. Um, and so during this time, Bishop was also in trouble for more embezzlement charges. And that's actually how the police came to question him about the murder, about murders, um, because he was arrested. So he kidnaps this 13 year old. He kills him, hides him in the desert with all the other ones. He ends up getting arrested for unrelated embezzlement charges while they're there. Then he starts getting questioned further about the murders. Um, obviously because the cops were like, hey, you knew that little boy. Like, you were supposed to be taking him on a trip, and now he's missing. What's the deal? Right. And, I mean, we have also talked about this before in other serial killers. A lot of them do not get picked up for their murders. Right. They get picked up for other stupid stuff that they did first, 
And then they're like, oh, you know what? You're kind of matching the description of a guy yeah. we were told about. Something but, off here. you know, it's just... And like Ariel said, he royally fucked this one up. I mean, this boy's disappearance was statewide news. Like, everyone oh, knew yeah. about it. And like Ariel said, he... He was literally going to leave with the boy. Right. So obviously like he's that been... that week. I, like, it was either the day before or, like, a couple days before. He had plans to leave with him. Yeah. So and then obviously he was like, the parents would have been like, hmm. So, weird. I think maybe he thought, okay, well, he was supposed to leave with me, and then if he didn't come back, obviously they'd be like, oh, well, he left with Arthur. But right. maybe if he saw him the day before, he'd be like, well, someone else took him. I was supposed to leave with him tomorrow. So maybe oh. it was almost like a ploy right, right, right. to be like... Maybe. I know it was supposed, like, well, we were leaving tomorrow, so why would I have taken him tonight? It's actually kind of not, when you think about it that way, I mean, but he so, did it very stupidly, but. Yeah, like, I feel like there was many other ways yeah. he could have done it. Like, get a friend to lure him away and then kill him. Anyway. Something. Don't, Everyone else had, yeah. to teach people how to kidnap children. Just <laughs> yeah, so you know. sorry, guys. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was RV. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, so then, so obviously police start looking into him further. And it comes up that he either, like, worked in the area that these other boys were taken from or, like, he had been seen at the store near that. Like, so he very quickly went from zero to 100. Exactly. (laughs) Like, he became the suspect for just this one boy. And then they were like, wait a second. And then it was all of the other victims. Which also is, again, kind of crazy because had he not embezzled and gotten charged for that, they would not have brought him in. Right. Yeah. I, can't, I assume mind. that's what he did for a living was embezzlement. Even afford to do that. Um, so the weird thing though is he just fucking caved. They were like, so we think you killed me, but he's like, you're right. I did. <laughs> and he he's quoted saying, I'm glad they caught me because I do it again. Which, okay. And we actually have heard, and I mean, seen this on TV. I say seen it like we're serial catchers, like, but we're not. Um, we where, wish. yeah, <laughs> life goals. Um, where some of them obviously play the long game, and others are like, yeah, like I need your help. I can't stop, and the only way to stop right. is for like you to stop me. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do it otherwise. But he. And he probably knew, like, I'm not getting out of this. Might as well just get it out there. Right. It they was me. me. Yeah. So, actually, Bishop led the police to a secluded area in Cedar Fort, Utah, where the bodies of Kim, Alonzo, and Danny were all buried in shallow graves. Again, none of these people put effort. Dig a little deeper, man. <laughs> Give me a serial killer. Put some extra effort and into like, it. Maybe don't bury everyone together. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so they're all right here. It's actually one, two, three. They're in a straight line. Like, <laughs> And they're marked... Yeah, with cross it's a, yeah, and actually their names are on the back. So if you just looked hard enough, you would have. It's like people who write their pin number on their debit card. Yeah. It's just right there for you. Like okay, so then he took the police to another site in Big Cottonwood Canyon, where guys, the bodies of two other children were found. Troy Board and Graham Cunningham were buried there. All the remains showed signs of sexual abuse, and when Bishop's residence was searched. Obviously, they found a number of explicit photographs Gross. that were found. Like, so many. It, it's just, this is just insane to me. The, the whole situation is insane. Like, how can humans be this fucked up? Right? This is something I lose sleep over. <laughs> like, how, like, people who are, like, killing people or hurting animals. Like, how are human beings this fucked up? Like, we messed up somewhere. There's some mistake 
somewhere that we like human beings are doing this to other living creatures yeah enough so that we can have a fucking podcast about it yeah you know i mean we're grateful to have the podcast and listeners and we do love it but also like at the end of the day we're still like but i think about like think about the id channel yeah investigation discovery this is a channel solely dedicated to crime like to murder rape kidnapping and it's just, and they have new shows every single season. It's like, and you know they're basing it on real like Criminal right. Minds is a lot of those are real killers in the world that they right. base it on. Base so it on. it's not like it's just straight up coming out of nowhere. No, like this is all ugh, it's crazy to me. It's absolutely so, crazy. Good news, guys. <laughs> Arthur Barry Gishup was found guilty on all five murders as well as the five kidnapping charges. Two counts of forceful sexual assault and one count of sexual abuse. As a minor. So actually... I'm a minor. Yeah. So actually, he... This is probably one of the only serial killers who's gotten charged with every one of his victims being killed. Right. That we know of. Because most of them, it's like, oh, well, we knew they killed 10, but they're only charged with two. Right. Like, he was straight up there like, nah, so you're just charged with all of them. Cause you're I mean, straight probably because he was like, here, I killed all these people. Here's where they're buried. <laughs> yeah. That, you know that what I mean? Like, helped. he didn't even <laughs> try to hide it. Like, he was like, one, two, three, four, five, check. Yep. Um, this is my favorite part, though. Go ahead, read it. Okay, so apparently I was unaware of this, um, but since the crime took place in Utah, at the time that they happened, they were still um, uh, killing people by firing squad. So he was given the choice of either firing squad or lethal injection. Boring, he chose lethal injection. So, but I just thought that was so crazy that, like, that was still even an option then. Firing squad? I didn't know that was a thing. Which, for those who, of you who don't know what that is, firing squad is basically execution by, literally, people firing bullets at you. Right. And you die. So, it's, it's exactly how it sounds. So, yes. He did choose lethal injection and was executed on June 10th of 1988. So... Oh my gosh, that's a year we were, well, you weren't alive yet. No, I wasn't. You were. I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that is Arthur Barry Gishup. We have a few very quick fun facts. So, one, when receiving his sentence, he did apologize to his victims' families. And he actually apologized again prior to his execution. So, right before they needled him up, he was like, I'm also still Super very sorry. sorry. Like, my bad. Probably shouldn't have done that, but I did. And then he actually wrote, after his conviction, he wrote a letter which explained the motivation for his crimes. So I'm not going to read the whole letter because it's kind of long, but I did take a few snippets out of it, and I'm just going to read you this little paragraph. Mm. So it said, I am a homosexual pedophile convicted of murder, and pornography was a determining factor in my downfall. Somehow, I became sexually attracted to young boys, and I would fantasize about them naked. And then there's, like, a whole long spiel of how he got, like, pornography and stuff like that. And then at the end, he goes, my, content, my conscience was desensitized and my sexual appetite was entirely controlled by my actions. So, basically, he was saying, like, pornography played such a huge role in the downfall of who he became and why he became this serial killer. Right. I have heard that in not necessarily serial killers, but just crimes in general, where pornography, like, really was a huge part or played a huge part or role in the way that they kind of thought and yeah it's crazy yeah it is. so he 
I'm sure I'm sure he gave himself up too because he was like, if you let me out, I will keep doing it. Like it almost sounded like he's you know, his mind was just so entranced in all this pornography that he could not do anything else. Right. He was just stuck. So that is Arthur Bergishop in a nutshell. He's actually one of our shorter serial killers to chat about. We didn't get an insanely ton amount of info on him. But that's him in a nutshell. Yeah. So guys, have a wonderful Wednesday and we'll chat next week.